Hey, everybody, welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Today on the show, we are catching up with Blister reviewer Paul Forward about some of the skis, AT boots, and an AT binding that Paul has been spending time on. Paul lives in Girdwood, Alaska. He is a medical doctor and a lead heli guide for Chugach Powder Guides. And our managing editor, Luke Kappa, sometimes still wonders whether Paul is actually a real live person or just some superhero we made up. Anyway, Paul is, in fact, a real person, and he and I talk about, among other things, the Vocal Mantra 102, the DPS Koala 119, the new Atomic Backland Carbon AT boot, and the Fritchie Zenic Lightweight Touring Binding. And so with that, let's get to my conversation with the actually real, but still kind of superhero-like Paul Forward. Well, Paul Forward, it is good to be talking to you again on Gear 30, and I think we've got to kind of start here by getting a few, like, big life updates from you. I think we, I think there's a clear number one. You're a parent now. Yeah, it's awesome. I, we had our little boy Ren in the middle of May. Middle of May. And so he's seven months old now. Seven months old. So you've kept a human being alive for seven months. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a huge thing. Like, I feel like everybody should get a trophy after like one month and then a second one at two months and then maybe at like six months. Like, I'm proud of you. Well, my wife, she she would get like the real trophy, and I might get like a tiny little like appreciation, you know, like you participation trophy. Yeah. Um, in addition to her like big trophy for actually having done all, done most of the work. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, but this is a, I mean, a pretty big change for you. But you're a big fan of Ren, I know because of the photos you send me. <laughs> I never thought I'd be the kind of person that was like sending my friends random baby photos. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty great. Like badass doctor heli guide Paul. Hey, look at my cute baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's really cute. If he wasn't so cute, I probably wouldn't do it. But it's, it, it's true. But people. he's pretty cute. I can vouch. <laughs> Ren is cute. Um, well, congrats to you and Aaron, uh, you know, for, Thanks, for again, for, you know, bringing a cute baby into the world and keeping and keeping Ren around. That's a big deal. Good job. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. It's, it's been pretty cool. And speaking of guiding, um, you're already doing some heli guiding? Yeah, we uh, we've had a helicopter in the hangar now for uh, for a few days. We uh, well, actually I guess it's been. I guess we started heli skiing almost two weeks ago, but just like a day here and there. And uh, I got out, last day was on Saturday. I had a really good day of heli skiing up here. Pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's so cool this time of year because the light is just, it's that like winter pastel, you know, the sun's super low on the horizon. So the light's super dramatic and the snow is really cold and you can ski due south all day long because, you know, every aspect's in play basically. There's no sun effect yet. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. And... You know, we actually have the helicopter just sitting there. We're willing to, we've got some pretty good deals available for people that can be here on short notice when the weather clears. So that's been really fun to just kind of work it in. Like we had a great group of locals and just awesome group of people out the other day who kind of set it up like two days before. And it's uh, it's a fun time of year. It's kind of mellow uh, overall, but uh, the skiing can be really good. So it's been 
fun times here in Girdwood at Chugach Powder Guides. So are you still doctoring at all right now? Or do you have you completely turned that off and we're you're just guiding? No, I'm still doing a little bit. I, I worked um, first week of December, basically doing emergency medicine up in Kotzebue, and I'll go back and cover the ER again for eight or nine days uh, in kind of early January, and then after that, I'll do a little bit in February, like just like five or six days up there, and then pretty much just just skiing and guiding until the end of April. Nice. Let's talk about some gear. We've got a couple of skis, a new ski boot, and a new ski binding that we're going to go uh, go over today. But one thing that I'm really excited to talk to you about is the Vocal Mantra 102. You've been putting some days on this, uh, and I want to hear all about your thoughts. It's Yeah, well, I mean, in a nutshell, it's an awesome ski. I, I can't remember the last time that I skied... Uh, you know, inbounds kind of non-powder ski shape that I skied. And after like two rounds, I was like, oh, this, this ski is just like great for me. It's just where everything about it just works perfectly for what I want. And, uh, and the other thing that was really surprising is that I haven't even tried the long one yet. We have a set of them here, but I've only been skiing the 184. And honestly, I haven't even felt like it, you know, six feet tall, like 195 pounds. I haven't even like wished I was on the longer one. I'll ski it here eventually, but the eighty the eighty four is just awesome. It's quick, it's fun, it's stable, it, um, carves hard, and uh, I, I went back to, back and forth a couple times with that and the mantra, or the M five, I guess we'll call it, or that's, is what it's called now, and uh, you know it doesn't give up a lot to the M five and almost anything except to me anyway, except on like groomers. The M five is quicker edge to edge. A little, little snappier, but everywhere else, that 102 is, it's awesome. And I, you know, I thought at first when I saw it, I was like, why are they making a ski? Why aren't they going to make it like 105 or 108 and have it be kind of like their coaches or, or something in that category. And, and then it really occurred to me that like, you know, three millimeters is an absurdly small amount. <laughs> and it really, I feel like it fills that, that niche. It fills that category for vocal that, in my opinion, they haven't really had a ski that fits that niche basically since the um, the Katana, the old Katana, the metal one. I feel like this is the first ski that Vocals had since that ski disappeared that fits that like inbounds charger, but still fun. You know, you can, it doesn't doesn't require you to be like a hundred percent on at all times, but st- stable and damp, and you know can still ski pow okay, but you know, punches through everything else really well. I feel like Vocal finally has a ski like that in their line. That's interesting. I I had not been thinking of it as like a narrower katana, but I, because I, I actually was like, you're not about to say the gatama, you know, because no, I'm no, like, it's not a gatama. No, and I've, I had many generations of gatama, yeah. Well, and I, so I'm not saying that it's an, that it's like an updated katana or that it's like that. I'm not even saying it's like that ski. I'm just saying that it's the first time Vocals had a ski in that category, uh, the, like of the category of like a Cochise or, a, you know, I guess the Nordica 110, the Enforcer 110 is kind of in there, but that kind of uh, directional, but uh, still, 
you know, not fully hard snow, but not fully a pow ski, but just kind of like an everyday all around. You just have one pair of skis that you want to smash around at a resort that gets, a, you know, that's like on, in the snowier parts of the world. I think Vocal didn't really have that ski until this year since the Katana. I don't think it's like, you know, it's it's got camber, it's got more side cut. It's like, it's a very different ski than the than the old Katana. But it's but it fills that same niche to me, and you know when they, when Vocal had the the one hundred eight, I think they still make that ski. I'm not even sure if they do, but I, I liked that ski. But it was kind of more in that fifty fifty category, right? It was light. It got knocked around a lot. It had a lot of rocker. It was kind of good and pow, but it wasn't anywhere close to that. You know, you know, you, you know, smash through the crud, smash through, smash through the chop kind of ski, and. Uh, and the you know the confession we've talked about the confession a lot. It's a big heavy ski. You know I don't feel like it's uh, like the greatest execution of like that width of ski for a charger. It's a fun ski. I've, I've had a lot of fun days on them, but I feel like there's there's better skis in that category. Um, the M5 I think is an awesome ski, and I feel like I was really hoping that Vocal would ha- would put something out there in that like 105 to 110 range, and. Uh, and I think the 102 is like pretty much fills that niche. I'd be stoked if they come out with a 110 or a 112 or something like that, but I'm not sure I would. I'm not sure I really need it. Yeah, couple thoughts. For, I mean, first of all, and I've been saying this a lot around here, um, mostly to Luke Kappa. If there's a single ski that I think we have failed to sing the praises of or talk up enough my vote goes to the Mantra 102. It is incredible. This ski is so well done, so well designed, and actually it's not the same as an M5, right? So it's not just like they're confused. Like, you know, it's not like, oh, this is kind of stupid. Why would you do both? I, I think it's an incredible ski. And I'm like, I think it's so good. I'm like, have we under-reported how good this thing is? Another thing I want to say is you like big skis. Like you like you like bigger skis than me. You know, some of them we like, you know, some we like the same, but like for example, if we go back to the old Cochise, I was super happy on a 185 Cochise. I think you preferred the 193. Correct? Yeah, I mean I like the 185, but I I owned the one I like I purchased the 193 is when I actually bought a pair. Yeah. But just to say, when you, when you were saying like, it's not that like, I think that I think the 184 is a pretty big ski. I, I think, let me just say that again. I think the 184 centimeter mantra 102 is a pretty big ski. And so I think, you know, we talked about how you're a wuss and so you don't ski any moguls ever. <clears throat> but for those of us who are spending time in like steep techie terrain, I think it is a, as a kind of public service announcement, I'd want to make sure that people understand like for a 184 centimeter ski that's only 102 millimeters wide, it is more, it is on the spectrum of like more ski as opposed to like more chill skis. Like I think it's way more ski than a 185 centimeter Enforcer 100. And I also mm-hmm. think it's, I yeah, think it's way, totally I think it's way more ski. You mentioned the Nordica Enforcer 110. It's way more ski than an, an Enforcer 110. 
Yeah, and I, you know, and to be fair, I've skied the the Enforcer Pro 115 a lot more than I've skied the 110. I've only skied like a half a day on the 110 in a 185, and I would definitely agree that that the 102 is a little, takes a little more. Like you know, you want to get those tails unweighted a little more for quick turns, whereas you can kind of like push the tails around a little more with the with that Nordica. Yeah, but I I gotta confess, I mean. It is so cool to me that Vocal drops this ski. And granted, given that I've maybe complained once or twice that it just feels like we're losing really stable skis that are really good but kind of want you to be a little bit strong. And I'm like, this feels like a no-compromise ski from Vocal. Like, it's good. It is not like stupidly punishing or demanding but it's a solid ski that i think good skiers should go get on and see if they click with it yeah totally agree i think i think people that are looking for a a damp ski in that uh you know a damp ski in that waist width should definitely can definitely give it a try if they can i think it's it's a really cool ski let's talk about actually another pretty big heavy pretty stiff ski you've put some time on the dps koala 119 and i think you were skiing it in this you've been skiing it in the same length that we reviewed it in the 189 right yep yeah you know when we did the the ski quiver stuff you know i kept thinking about that ski and i wish i had put it in there as a ski that i would consider for one of my limited amount of ski quivers uh when we did that because i was really curious about that ski and uh and i as soon as i when i went out to the garage the other day i saw it sitting there i was like oh man i gotta take those out as soon as it snows and uh, we had a pretty good powder day up at alieska today and i probably i actually was really i really wanted to take the mantra 102s they were in my car and i was like i'm just gonna take those they're gonna be awesome and uh because i kind of figured it was light snow on top of a kind of a crunchy base and I figured I'd be getting a lot of taking a lot of hits from I won't call them moguls, Jonathan, but a <laughs> lot of like refrozen crud and chunder and like just kind of man-eating holes that are still in some of the lo- lower elevations right now that have been kind of refrozen. And I was like, ah, do I really want to go out there on a 120 millimeter ski? And I was like, well, today's probably gonna be one of the best inbounds days for me to try these out for a while, so I'll grab them. And I was stoked on them. I, I had fun from the from the first chair to all the way to when I called it a day, and. Uh, you know, I would say that they're, A, they're completely different than anything I've ever skied from DPS before. Hands down, if I had a blindfold on or those skis had a blank top sheet on them and you asked me what company they were from, I would never have guessed DPS based on my previous experience with DPS. Like, they have a modern, more forward mount point. They are real heavy. <laughs> They're thick. You grab your hand around them. You're like, that's a chunk of ski right there. And uh, and then you ski them, and they're they're like damp and composed. And uh, you know, they're just there's a very you know in the crud and chunder. And there's you know, obviously, I've I've talked forever about how much I love DPS's big fat powder skis. I've never gotten on super well with their um, with their kind of narrower shapes. There's you know, the 106 is pretty fun. I've had some good times on that ski, but. Uh, that koala is a completely different animal. And I've skied previous foundation skis. Like I skied that 106 foundation when it came out. What, you know, it's, it's a fine ski for what it is, but it's nothing like the ski as far as just the ability to 
punch through stuff, you know, land back seat, pull yourself out, smash through the chunder, get, get up on the tips, lay them over, carve the groomers, and it just kind of unflappable, but still felt like at any given time I could slash them out, throw the tail sideways. It, it was it was a real pleasant surprise from DPS. So question for you, like, what do you think about that ski versus some of the other closest competitors on the market that are out there? Well, the skis that come readily to mind are the DNSR Proto and the, um, the Moment Blister Pro slash Wildcat slash Bibby Pro. And again, I've only skied the original heavy version of the Blister Pro. Um, but uh, I need to go do some more back-to-back on those skis. But I feel like the, the DPS, the Koala has more float. I think it's a better pow ski than the moment. Like I would say that with confidence right now, just based on my limited time on it. Um, I would say, you know, it just gets up on top of the snow easier. It feels surfier. Um, I, boy, it'd be hard for me to say that it's, that the moment is that much more stable in the chop, but it seems like it probably is a bit more, like a bit more confidence inspiring. You think, um, but, you think the, not a lot. That's interesting. I, I think the moment probably is, but I'm not sure. Um, I, I can't really say. Um, and the proto, the proto, I did, I didn't really click with the proto as far as like for for my style of skiing. But I think that it's uh, despite the fact that the proto, you know, has that heft and feels like a like a damper, heavier ski. I felt like the proto got was a little more prone to getting knocked around than uh, than either of the other two skis. And I want to caveat that, that I, I need to put some more time in comparing them because the conditions I skied them all in have been pretty variable. Um, and I haven't been on the Proto since last, last winter, but, um, I just felt like the Proto got knocked around a bit more. And I don't know if it's because of that tip shape or what, but, uh, the DPS felt just a little more intuitive and a little more, a little more stable to me. I agree with that. And I, I actually think that that Proto, that Dina Star Proto is a really cool ski because it's just got a really interesting feel to it. And basically what I think is it is a pretty heavy, solid ski that's just also really loose. And so it just pivots so easily that I think that, you know, that's part of, it's like the cool thing is how easily it pivots and how loose it is. But I think that does translate a bit in really thick, deep, chopped snow. It wants to pivot and be loose, so it doesn't track, I don't think, as well as like the Koala or the, or like the, the heavier Blister Pro does. Yep. To, I mean, to me, the gauge of that is I just, I remember skiing that Proto, and, uh, and I, you know, it has <laughs> that, that, whatever it is about that Dinosaur construction, it has a, like a pretty distinct like pinging sound when the skis tap each other together. And I remember just like w- bouncing those skis off each other a lot more than I'm used to. Like the tips kind of going bing, bing, kind of <laughs> bouncing off each other when I was in the, in the weird stuff, which is a sensation I'm not as accustomed to with other skis like that. Um, and then the, the wild card here, the ski that I, I have ready to go, I just haven't got on my feet yet, is the Revolt 121, which there's a lot of things about that ski that are really reminiscent of the Koala also. 
and uh, you know we're creeping up in waist width a little bit from like the 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 Proto to the Blister Pro, but they're all in that same category in my mind. And uh, that um, that Revolt looks like a pretty pretty interesting ski. I, I'm pretty excited to get out on the pair that we I've got set up here. Yeah, we look forward to your report. I mean, Luke Kappa has been loving the, I think it's the 184. Yeah, he has the 184, and I've got the one. I actually have 184s here also, but I have 191s as well. And uh, I'll probably be ski- mostly getting out on that 191. I mean, with the way that that ski has like, I think it's like minus two and a half or minus three centimeter mount point. So I have a feeling I'm going to deviate from that quite a bit in the rearward direction. <laughs> but uh, but with that with that in mind, I think the 91 is going to be plenty short enough for anything I want to do. Yeah, and that that feels like I haven't been on that ski yet, but the the 191 is like I would have no doubt that's the size I would want in that ski, just given its shape, given its rocker profile, given its mount point. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, I, I look forward to hearing your report on that. We've been talking about some real heavy big skis. Let's talk about some lightweight ski boots. You've been putting some time in on this new Atomic Backland Carbon, correct? That's right. Yep. Um, I think it's going to be, well, first of all, it's a, I think in every way it's an upgrade from the previous Atomic Backland Carbon, which I skewed quite a bit. Um, it, it, the fit is quite a bit different. The, the 27.5 of the new boot uh, is a real comfortable fit for me right out of the box. The 27.5 of the old one was really tight and I had to do like in every dimension width length instep height and I had to do a fair bit of the try to do that custom shell function which didn't get a ton of room out of and then I tried some other liners the new boot the liner is way better it's taller stiffer it's way more comfortable and uh, the overall shell fit um, for my foot anyway kind of a lower volume heel you know medium volume midfoot forward is is pretty spot on uh, you know a little low on the instep but that boa accommodates that okay um so uh i think that the fit is the for me the fit's better it's much more like a 27.5 and like most other touring boots and um the, the, you know they did away with the tongues which it maybe isn't quite as stiff when it's really cranked down with all the other things that i did to my old pair but this new boot right out of the box has a um has a cam strap, like, you know, like not a booster strap, but it has that like cam locking buckle, which allows you to really make that top strap like do something. And, uh, the carbon cuff feels, feels real good. And I skied that ski in powder and in some like kind of more, you know, adverse lower elevation, uh, conditions with a 1600 foot ski. And, uh, did not feel like I was undergunned with that ski at all. I felt like completely happy to ski fast. And I was, I was out skiing with people that were in like, uh, like Lang free tours with the cast bindings (laughs) and another buddy that was on us, you know, the Solomon mountain labs. And, uh, and I, you know, I was like, what are we getting ourselves into today? And I, we skied some cool stuff and I felt completely fine on that boot. Do you happen to know at least roughly the weight of of the twenty seven point five, it's eleven hundred and forty grams with my uh, with a light super feet like carbon insole in it. So I'm and I guess that I'd guess that insole weighs like eighty gram eighty grams. So it's somewhere in that like without without the insole 
you know, 1080, something like that, somewhere in there. The, here, I, I don't want this to be a spoiler for the actual review, but um, the question that I immediately wanted to answer when I got my foot in that boot, so like, this boot's great, this is going to be an awesome touring boot, it's skis incredible for how light it is, it's not fidgety, you, know, you don't have to deal with tongues and other stuff, was how it compares to the Scarpa Alien RS, which I called gear of the year two years ago, basically. I was like, this is one of the best steps forward in ski boots that I've ever experienced. And having, and having been a person who skied pretty much every generation of lightweight, two-buckle, stiff boot that's been made. And uh, I got to say, the RS, at least in my living room, is stiffer. It's 100 grams lighter. And the whole upper cuff and walk mode is a one-hand move, a single movement. Whereas the the atomic, you've got two buckles and a walk mode to to change over when you do your transitions, which that part's not that big a deal to me. But the fact that it's you know 100 grams lighter and stiffer um, is pretty interesting. And I you know I haven't I haven't skied them back to back, or which that's really where the you know the, the value is in in in, a, in determining which boot's a better boot. But um, I, that Alien RS man. I, it's a good boot. <laughs> yeah, you have sung the praises of that thing for quite a while now. Um, I'm curious which, because at a certain point, I stopped caring about how stiff the touring boot is, and I start caring a lot about like the suspension of that boot and how, how nice or not nice the boot flexes. Give me your thoughts or your suspicions about like the the progressive nature of these boots, or do they they kind of wall up like a lot of stiffer lightweight boots do? What would you have to say about that? All of those lightweight boots, you know, the, the, there's a they're engineered to give you the most stiffness possible for the least weight possible, and none of them are going to feel like your you know like your four buckle langs and you know give you this like nice progressive flex. But, um, you know, the, the, the shell deforms differently in the different boots. And I would guess just preliminarily that the Atomic has, it feels like it has a little more progression than the, uh, than the Alien, which is, the Alien, like, pretty much is just like, it is what it is. You don't, there's not a lot of progression there. You know, it just kind of ramps into 100% within the first, you know, bit of movement. The Atomic, it goes a little deeper before it ramps up. Um, maybe has a little better suspension, but that's a little speculation there too on my part. Okay. I think we're going to move on to bindings unless you have any other thoughts, comments, things you want to talk about in the boot world. I've been skiing that. Uh, I've also skied the Scarpa Maestrale XT quite a bit this year and last spring. Um, and uh, that boot's like an anomaly. It's, I mean, that boot's crazy stiff for, a, <laughs> for, for and it, but it's also a lot heavier than the Ma- Maestrale RS. It's, it's, you know, it's the same fit, same, your, your, your same fit, and I think the same liner, but it's a lot heavier, and uh, it's, I think it's quite a bit stiffer. And I'm not sure exactly who that boot ideally is for, but it's an interesting boot, and I've been really enjoying skiing it. What do you mean you're not quite sure who it's for? Well, so you're getting into that, you know, 1600, I can't remember what exactly my pair weighs, but um, to me, when you're starting to get into that 1600, 1800 
gram boot, which obviously that's a big range, but um, you're starting to get into four buckle boots that can perform as alpine boots, right? And so for me, if I'm going to buy a, if I was going to go buy a boot in that weight range and that flex range, I'm going to think a lot about buying a boot that I can ski in alpine bindings too. And so I'd be less inclined to buy a boot that's only going to work with, you know, a, a AT binding of some kind or other, either, either like a, you know, a, I don't think you can even use those in like walk to ride or grip ride, grip walk bindings. You're going to have to get like a, a multi-norm compatible binding. And so I'd be much more inclined to do something like the Zero G or like that Hoji um, Pro, uh, I'm just going to butcher the name on that, the Hoji Pro Tour. So, you know, that boot I think doesn't work in all kinds of bindings, but it's light. I think it's also supposed to be quite a bit lighter. So, and I think I, I'm going to be trying that boot here pretty soon. So to me, like the, I feel like the categories of boots that are really interesting to me are the real light boots that ski well, the middleweight boots that, you know, that ski really well, that you can like ski almost without compromise, but still tour without compromise. You're just lugging a little extra weight around. And then the boots that you can wear with the pins if you want to, if you're on the, you know, if you're trying to do a side country run, but you can also ski them like normal Alpine boots and, and, you know, don't need an extra pair of Alpine boots, which there's plenty of good boots in the market that would allow that, you know, like the Lang free tour or something like that. It's a good example. You know, in, in, in a huge compliment that I paid to you recently in our ski quiver articles, I said that you know, and when we were talking about the one boot quiver, which I kind of went off about and was like, please, dear God, no, don't, don't make me ski only <laughs> one boot. But I did say, and I haven't skied it, but I'm like, I've skied a bunch of other Langs in my life. And I was like, just given what you have said, um, you know, about the, the free tour, the Lang free tour, I was like, that would be my single boot. Um, it's kind of fun. Cause it's like, well, now I'm in the position of just being like <laughs> everybody else having to kind of just read our reviews and trust us. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to trust you, Paul, on this one. Um, cause you, you said, I mean, it would be, it all depends on your priority. If, but if you were going to still ski at the resort a lot, that's that I, I mean, it'd be fine. It'd be a good choice. Cause it's basically, it skis real, real close to the RX 130. It's, it's, yeah, it's really not far off. Yeah. I want to ask you about an AT binding you've been spending some time on. Yeah, so I, um, I recently started skiing on a pair of Fritchie Xenix. That's X-E-I-N, oh, sorry, X-E-N-I-C. I can't, so many <laughs> crazy names out there. Um, and it's basically Fritchie's entry into that kind of 300-gram-ish touring binding that's still supposed to have a little elasticity in the heel um, kind of like a G3Z or a marker alpinist, um, kind of in that category. Um, and, uh, overall I've been really happy with it. It, um, it skis great. Uh, I feel when I'm locked in that binding, it, it feels really secure it, in the bumps. I feel, I, at least in my imagination, I am, uh, imagining it's some elasticity there, some give, <laughs> um, the, uh, the last pair of Fritchie tech bindings I had, they had like weird lock washers on the, on the pins for adjustment, but it would always come loose on me. And that's thankfully that's gone now. Um, it's a little hard to get into, at least for me to get it into the, um, the ski mode or sorry, the walk mode to flip the lever up. There's like the tolerances and that thing seem pretty tight, but I'm um, overall pretty happy with it. I think it's pretty good binding. 
are you willing to make some educated guesses or some comparisons about where you think it sits with respect to some of the other bindings? Well, in that category, the only ones I've really put a lot of time in are the marker alpinist. I haven't skied the Z, and I haven't skied the, uh, I'm trying to remember which Dina fit is in that category right now, but I'm, I'm at a loss at the moment. Um, but I've really only skied that and the alpinist. And I feel like they're both really similar in their touring comfort and their downhill performance. And their, their weights are real comparable. I think the Zenic might be a touch lighter, but um, they seem real real comparable. The um, My only quip with both of them is that the, um, the heel risers for, uh, for, in, you know, for climbing are pretty low. I'd say that even more so on the Alpinist. Like I'm, I'm always been a proponent of a low angle skin track for the most part, but there's times when you just gotta, gotta go steep. And I wish it was just a little taller and the Zenith might be a hair better, but it's not great. And they both are a little, little clunky to get from, you know, if you're doing your, I try to do my transitions for lots of reasons without taking my skis off, you know, try to rip skins with it on. I feel like it's less likely to mess up the the pins in the toe and ice things up. And I just think it's better for a lot of reasons. It's less likely for me to lose my ski if I'm not using brakes. And, um, it, that heel, I mean, it's totally doable, but it's, it's a little finicky, a little, it's a little, <laughs> a little awkward <laughs> on both of them <laughs> to turn it. Um, but overall, I think they're both excellent bindings and I, I'd really like to ski the Z because I think the Z. It seems to me like the Z, is, and based on uh, Luke and Sam's like really excellent comparison of the bindings in that category, um, is it would be a great binding for me. Well, this has been fun. My God, it reminds me that we should do this more often. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we our our exchanges. Well, now you just send me baby pictures, but uh, <laughs> you know it'll usually be like. Have you checked this out yet? Have you been on this yet? Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's real quick. So, but I have to like, we have to start taping to get the, like the real gear conversation going. So, um, but yeah, this has been fun and, um, it's a lot of cool stuff that we just kind of talked about and covered. So like, I don't know, good job ski industry. This is some, some good things we're, we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, totally. These are, you know, so often when we get on new stuff, we think like, oh, this really isn't. There's plenty of other stuff out there that's, that's been on the market for five years. It's like just as good. And, uh, and I won't say that any of these things we've talked about are like totally like breaking the mold, you know, whatever, whatever, uh, whatever catchphrase you want to use, game changer. But um, they're all, at least within their respective companies, they're all like significant incremental improvement. And uh, I, I think, you know, they're all, all real good products. None of them, I think, if you're happy on your skis, you're happy with your current bindings would I, or boots, would I be like, got to get this. It's going to make my skiing so much better. But if you're already in the market for something new, I think these are all new products that are definitely worth taking a look at. Before I let you go, um, I forgot to ask you about, it's something that we talked about on a previous podcast. I don't remember if it was a Blister podcast or a Gear 30, but... Um, this advanced wilderness life support course that you were, I think at the time, just kind of working up and, and getting going, what's the, what's the status with your advanced wilderness life support course? Oh, yeah. So, um, so it's the thing that we're offering through Chugash Powder Guides. 
It's uh, it's basically it's like it's kind of like a wilderness first responder, like a woofer, but for medical professionals. So like doctors, nurses, um, PAs, nurse practitioners, paramedics, and it, so it really you know dives deep on. Uh, wilderness medicine concepts and we combine it with heli skiing at two guys better guides and we, you know we do some field stuff and we do like a pretty pretty cool like avalanche medicine component with it and so um we've got that coming up in uh in february so i'm really excited about that it's always it's this will be the the fourth year i've taught awls and the third year we've done it with heli skiing and it's, it's always a really good time hmm. are there still spots available yeah yeah there would be yep okay totally We'll put a link to the course in the show notes of this episode. So medical professionals out there or people who know medical professionals who you think might be interested in this, take a look. Um, Go hang out with Paul and CPG. And you might be able to meet Paul's baby, Ren. (laughs) He's really cute, I promise. (laughs) So that might be just, you know, if someone was on the fence, maybe the getting the chance to meet Ren will kind of tip, tip the scale. Um, well, so we'll see. Hey, speaking of Ren, can I just throw another Gear 30 plug out there real quick? Yeah, please. Um, I've, I have been reading and really enjoying Kristen Sinnott's baby clothes gear reviews. I think she is filling a unique niche, and uh, my wife and I read every article she puts out. And to be fair to my wife, she's already purchased half the stuff in those reviews before they, before they come out <laughs> but she usually concurs with Kristen's conclusions and we've got, we've got a couple of good ideas on stuff we didn't know about from her so keep up the good work Kristen that's awesome yeah no I'm, I'm happy to hear that and it's been fun I think some people have been like what are you guys doing and I'm like these are awesome and we're going to keep doing more so shut up if you're not into it but uh <laughs> no I think Kristen's been doing a great job with them and and yeah we're she she's not planning on slowing down and and we're we're big fans of what she's up to so that's very cool Cool. appreciate that well good man well listen it's getting pretty late um so i will let you go but um seriously this was this was good and um we'll uh we'll do it again soon i hope to see you soon it's been a minute now right yeah, yeah, we haven't, uh, now that we're not going to the Southern Hemisphere anymore, it's been <laughs> <in> a while. Because <laughs> isn't it the case, you and I have never actually hung out in the United States, only in foreign countries? I think so. I mean, I've seen you at like an airport in America before, I think. Okay, okay. <laughs> Outside of an airport in America, yeah, we've got it. I don't think so, yeah. <clears throat> so that. I either have to get to Alaska or you have to get to Crested Butte, or we just need to reunite again in Argentina or New Zealand. And so, yeah, let's let's make it happen. My uh, my travel days for skiing are probably on hold for a little while, so it might have to be you visiting Alaska for uh, for this if it's going to be in the next year. Or so <laughs> uh-huh. until until I send you the text that's like, dude, we're going to Argentina or New Zealand, and there's a spot for you, and you should be here. And then I get to just watch. Yeah, it's I get just get to watch you, you know, m- your brain melt. And uh, I think I can, I think I can resist those who have done it so much. But um, I, if you, uh, if there's an invite or a seat on one of your Iceland heli trips or Greenland heli trips, uh, I, you know, I think Aaron, will, Aaron will forgive me. Okay. Okay. She's a really good mom. She can totally handle around on her own for for a week. And- oh, totally. Erin is the best. She's so smart, so capable. Honestly, she <laughs> totally. truly she truly doesn't need you around. Let's be honest. 
But no, uh, especially not in May for or late April. <laughs> and she, I mean, she'll be she'll be sick of me by then. I'll just be here heli skiing, hanging out every day. She'll she'll be sick of me. And want me to go to Iceland or Greenland to go heli skiing there. Okay. Um, <laughs> which might be maybe I'll just we've been keeping this kind of on the down low. And I wasn't planning on announcing this here, but since you brought it up, if people are still listening, you know, as we've kind of wound <laughs> this down, anybody who's still listening deserves to learn. As I think some people listening to this podcast know, I was in Iceland heli skiing uh, last May uh, at Depler Farm, and it blew my mind. And so I have been organizing a return trip in May 2020, um, and this is happening. Like, we've got a group going. Um, it's a very cool, small group of folks, um, and I think as of right now, there are two. There are still two remaining spots available. So all I'm going to say is, um, if you are interested in the prospect of going on a blister trip, uh, heli skiing at Depler Farm in May, I think its dates are like May 9th through the 15th. Uh, you should definitely send me an email and um, you should come because it is, it is mind-blowing. And if you, if you need evidence that this is mind-blowing, Paul is a heli guide in Alaska and just said he wouldn't go back to New Zealand or Argentina with us, but he would go to Iceland. So I don't know what else to say in terms of an endorsement, but um, anyway, you heard it here first. Cat's out of the bag. Oh, man. It's an underappreciated aspect of heli skiing is how just delightful skiing, corn, corn skiing from helicopter is. It is so efficient and fast, and you just see so much cool terrain. And, you know, pow's the best, but corn skiing is from the heli is just like, uh, it's a real... It's, it's a real pleasurable experience. <laughs> yeah, um, which is why I'm going back. I don't know what you're up to, Paul, but I'm going back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'd love to... Two, two remaining spots. Um, seriously, send us an email uh, if you're interested and want more information. But um, I have a hunch those two spots are not going to uh, remain open for long. So um, anyway... Um, I did not see us going down that road, but whatever. Cool. Um, right on, man. Hey, man, as always, really fun. And uh, yeah, say hi to Aaron. Say hi to Ren for me. And uh, we'll do. Look forward to the next time. That's it for this edition of Gear 30. Thanks to Paul for the conversation. Thanks to Luke Alley for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. Now, please take good care out there, and we will talk to you again in a new year and a new decade. So we hope you have a very happy new year, and we will see you right back here on Gear 30 in 2020.